Ah, Shay family, Hotep family, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of my unapologetic perspective. Um, y'all are talking. <laughs> this is the podcast where we give our point of view on controversial topics from our experience, Black history and our knowledge as African Americans. <laughs> black history presently lives in us, so we can continue to exhale into the future. It's one thing to know Black history; it's another thing to take advantage of what Black people and Black history did for you. In the words of Malcolm X, there will come a time where Black people will wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves. And we are at that time right now. I am your host, Martre Baker-Stevens. And to the right of me is Shaquan Battle. I mean, hello. And to the right of him is Jerome Battle. What's up? Uh, we appreciate all the love and support we've been getting on previous episodes. Shout out to the people who shared. Shout out to people to, who commented, who hit the like button, who messaged us. Um, we Again, we're, we're appreciative in the support that we get. Um, on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, on uh, and our messages, whatever the case may be. Uh let's jump right in today. Um, Pops, I'll let you introduce the topic and we'll we'll roll right in. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about how history and even current events today um really justifies the narrative that America was created on white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no question about that it was cre- it, this country was uh, created based on white supremacy. And we got some facts to prove it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And this is not even all of them. We 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 we, we probably looking at 132nd yeah. of uh, <laughs> the amount of things that we could probably present um, to justify this narrative. I was going to jump it off, but I'm, a, I'm almost in, so y'all can jump it off. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with with the founding fathers because I, I think this is the this is the start of what I call the America create creation story. This is a story that the narrative that America put together to tell about what this country is and, and how it was founded and what it was based on. But it's their story. Creation stories have emerged from every culture. And in each case, they all help help define the people of that of this country. Um, but also it defines where they are in society, more so black America than anybody. And, and I want people to remember that because we're gonna come back to that later on. So I want people to keep that, keep that at the forefront, right? Um, the American creation story is based on freedom, equality. In pursuit of happiness. That probably sounds familiar to most people if you know anything about the Constitution. Um, just as any creation story, it's part truth, part myth. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the so-called founders of America believed in white supremacy by their own admission. This is, this is not something that people just assume. By their own admission and the guidelines and the governing bodies were created with those principles. Because keep in mind, being a white supremacist is based on principles, things that you believe, mm-hmm. things that you were taught. This creates your mindset and mold who you are, your beliefs, things that you are willing to fight for and kill for. The first enslaved African arrived in America in 1619 based 
on their information. Mm -hmm. Between 1619 and 1865, Virginia alone passed over 130 statutes to regulate the ownership of blacks. Mm -hmm. In 1662, a law made all children of enslaved mothers slaves, regardless of the father's race or status. This is very important. So being raped by a white slave master could not create a free child. Their whole intent was to ensure that if a white slave master raped a black woman, that that child still would not be free. Right. In 1667, a codified law said that slaves converted to Christianity still would be slaves. So as a Christian, and as they believe, even though you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you believe that he died on the cross for your sins, that does not alter the condition of the person as it pertains to one's bondage or servitude. So even as a Christian, even if you believe that as a Christian and they're using Christianity as the guidelines of this country, mm -hmm. still, you could not be considered anything other than a slave. And, and again, this is the mindset of the people. This is the mindset of the, the founding fathers of America. In 1669, a law allowed slaves to be killed for resisting and defying the white authority. They created a law so that they could kill blacks who was resistant or defined of the law. Mm -hmm. Civil disobedience is what it was called in the civil rights movement. Yeah. Prior to that, they would kill them. And a law saying that you could. Yeah. In 1740 in South Carolina, they passed a comprehensive law code with 57 provisions. I, I want people to Google laws and statutes and, and look at the numbers. I mentioned in Virginia, in, in a, 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 tw a 20 year span, they passed over 130. Mm -hmm. In certain states, it's been over 100 years since they passed five. Mm -hmm. In South Carolina, they, they, they passed 57 provisions so that the slave may be kept in due subjection and obedience. Provisions included making it a crime for a slave to grow or possess their own food, mm -hmm. gathering groups and learn to read. Yep. This is this is this is beyond slavery. Yeah. This is this is where oppression begins. It's chattel slavery. Chattel, chattel slavery. Exactly. This is where the, the beginning of oppression begins. So you enslave the people and then you oppress them. And that means you want to keep them down. Mm -hmm. You never want them to be able to expand and be more than what you say they are. In 1755 in Georgia, they required all plantation owners and their white employees to serve in the state militia whose main responsibility was to enforce slavery. Mm -hmm. that, was their, that was their main objective. Mm -hmm. that's, all, that's all they do is, is enforce slavery. They don't do anything else. 40 of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence owned slaves. Mm -hmm. 40 of the 56. You want to talk about a majority? Is, is that not a majority? Yeah. Under the Constitution, a slave was counted as three-fifths of a free person. Ten of the first 12 presidents owned slaves. Mm -hmm. So when you think about 
all of that. These are the people that are creating the laws that govern this country. These are, these are the minds. These are the characters. These are the beliefs. These are the principles of the people that are creating our government, creating the standard for America. When I hear terms like make America great again, and I hear conservative, and you'll hear that associated a lot with the Republican Party, that is the direct reference to that American creation story that I just mentioned. To them, that time is when America was great and at its greatest. Their goal is to preserve that at any cost. Yeah. Everything you see the conservative believers doing, and I'm saying conservative believers, not conservative party, right. yeah. conservative <laughs> believers. Everything that they're doing is geared towards reestablishing the social value and status of the two Americas. Mm -hmm. That's their whole agenda. There's nothing else in it for them but to do that. And we see it happening every day to the point that they don't even want to talk about slavery in the aspect of what it truly is. They want to change it to, well, what did I say? Uh, um, involuntary relocation. That's what they want to change it to. See, they want to change the narrative about us because it shows them in a negative light and they don't want that. Right. Why? It goes against the fact that we don't matter. Mm -hmm. We don't matter. We don't matter. We celebrate June 19th. This is this is this is important. We've talked about it on many podcasts, but I, I got to continue to touch on it because I think it's very important, especially when I see people still celebrating Fourth of July more than just a holiday. <laughs> they don't have to go to work. But we celebrate June 19th because it was the date that the last existing enslaved Africans in Texas were informed that you are free. Uh -huh. Here's the question. Is it a celebration of freedom or a reminder <laughs> to white America that the final resistance to the agenda of the American creation story? Uh -huh. That's a reminder to them. That's what we fucked up. Yeah, That was our last stance right there. And ever since then, they've been trying to get back to there, yeah. which is why they continue to pass laws on a daily basis that negatively impact black Americans at a higher rate than any other race in this country. Right. That's their sole responsibility. That's it. That's what they're here for. That's what they're here to do. I, I, just to add that, I, something that I heard this morning, I turned on the TV and the first thing I heard was a story about a girl, her name was Elena Wicker, 13 years old. At 12, she was accepted to an engineering college, university. Um, at 12. At 13, she became the first black person at the age of 13 to be accepted to a medical school. The youngest black person to ever be accepted in the medical school. In 2022, we're yeah. still talking about the first. Sure in 2022, first. we're still talking about the first. Yeah. So you can't tell me that this country is not built on white supremacy. Right. You can't. How are we still talking about the first if in fact, you first brought the enslaved African to America in 1619. If that's the information you're going to give, and in 2022, we're just having the first of anything 
<laughs> How can you tell me that this country is not built on white supremacy? Facts. That's a fact. That's a good start. What you got? You going? No. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> um, I'll follow up with that. Um, I feel like white America has done a good job of keeping everybody uninformed or changing the narrative of what racism is. Um, we can go back to 1619 before 1619 whatever the case may be but when you have irish indentured servants and african indentured servants or slaves working side by side and when they came together and united and revolted over the slave master that's when they came up with the term white and black before then nobody was calling themselves white nobody was calling themselves black per se as in terms of race race is started for the most part in the United States or in North America with the in um with the slavery thing. So America developed the concept of race. And like I tell a lot of people, I'm I didn't create the game. I'm just going by the rules. That's right. So when we want to talk about racism, I'm going by the founding fathers that That's you'd right. like to talk about, that you love, the Constitution that you love, the Declaration of Independence that you love, the Bill of Rights that you love, all of the things that you love when it comes to white history. We're going by the rules that you set. So if you, if white America don't like us talking about racism, you should probably go back and look at those founding fathers and negate whatever that they taught. That's right. Because the principles and the foundation and the root of it is started back then. So at one point in history, racism was the slave trade, the African slave trade, right? right. Then racism becomes the submission of the house nigger <coughs> and the hatred for the field nigger. Then it becomes the submission of the black person that knew his or her place versus the hatred of the black person who thought they were equal. Right. Then it became the submission for the black person who caused no trouble and the hatred for the black person who spoke his mind. Then it became the submission for the black person who knew how not to cross that line with the truth. But the black person forgets the hatred of the black person who make other white people feel uncomfortable with the truth. And what white America has done, what I looked at the comments on WSET, when I look at even the comments on our TikTok, when I look at people and politicians and the media talk about is white America is attempting to do something that black people aren't thinking about. They're oversaturating the word racism. And what I mean by oversaturating the word racism is they're trying to make it to the point where that word becomes invaluable. So for every time that black people speak about racism, whether it's to the individual or to an injustice or inequality, White people are going to counter that with talking about racism to the point where people are tired of hearing about it. That's right. So when you so when you talk about controlling the narrative is with white people allow black people to just talk about racism, then all of white America will be found guilty. They understand this. So that's why they give you your, your Black History Month where we're going to control the narrative to talk about Dr. King. That's why we give you the Juneteenth so we can control the narrative to say, hey, we're celebrating your freedom here. That's right. We're, we're give, we want to control it, whether it's in the education system, whether it's in the criminal justice system. We want to control it. So 
we can oversaturate it so people get annoyed by hearing it. So every time you see something on on the news um, or see it on Facebook, people comment and say, here we go, we're going to start talking about racism. That puts in the mind of the perception that we don't want to hear about it. That's right. So when we oversaturate the word, narrow juror that once believed in racism, going to get tired of hearing about it, brought into the courtroom, and now we got to negate it. There's a politician that you want to vote for, but they keep talking about racism. So you don't want to hear it no more. Now we're going to negate it. So oversaturating the word is oversaturating anything that comes from the black community. So when we say black lives matter, we're going to say all lives matter. That's right. Right. When we talk about if if they have black history month, what they're going to say, we're going to get what if we had white history month? Mm When those type of things happen, we oversaturate it. And that's what white America is attempting to do it is to control the narrative to the point where they're tired when everybody is tired of hearing about it to where they can call a racist out their name and nobody even thinks about it. That's right. Right. So what, what black people have to realize also is racism is not just about you getting your feelings hurt by a racist. Racism is not assuming something about you. That's called prejudice. That's right. I don't it's like you because you're black. You're, that's that's right. prejudice. We all have prejudice. That's right. You know what I mean? We all prejudge people based off of history. So we prejudge a lot of white people as racist based off your history. Right. That's prejudice. Racism is about economic and institutional power. Mm. But what white people don't understand is those historical factors created to control over everybody else's success. So they say that this is the land of opportunity. You're right. But who controls the industries to those opportunities? That's right. White America, which means we control it. And at any time we can make you powerless. So when we talk about the institutions, as you talked about with the roots of it, policing starts in slavery capturing slaves that is an institution of power that's right the court system hanging lynching whipping that is the institution coming from slavery banks institution of redlining segregation school system based off the educational system that we weren't even allowed to read and write in that's right all based off of economic power so when you have that type of power, there's nothing nobody else can do. So the the power structure comes from keeping the people who can be powerful, powerless. That's right. So white America is built as wealth, is built as power and as dominance that white people love to talk about off black people's backs. That's right. You got your wealth from slavery. You got your military power because you was getting your ass kicked in the Revolutionary War. That's George right. Washington said, well, we're going to have to give him guns. That's right. <laughs> you know you don't what I mean? Choice. So when you talk about that, man, it, it, it becomes racism has a hand in every system. It's not just the person calling me a nigga. That's right. It's the person that's calling me a nigga that can be on that jury selection. That's it's right. the person that's calling me nigga that can be a teacher at that school. It's the person that's calling me nigga that can be uh, the owner uh, that run that bank that can have access whether I get a loan or not and what my interest rate is on that loan. That is racism. That's that right. is a power. That is a verb. As Dick Gregory said, it's an attitude. That's right. It's an attitude. So when people say it's the American way, you can leave this country. 
you don't understand the American way is not European. That's right. The American way, by your definition, the land of the free. That's right. The American way is European, it's African, <laughs> it's Asian, it's Korean, it's black, it's white, it's Native American, it's Italian, it's, it's Irish, it's Catholic, it's Islamic, it's Protestant, it's Southern Baptist, it's Buddhism, it's, Jew, it's Jewish. It's everything in a melting pot. That's what America is. America, uh, make, make America great again is avoiding all of that. That's right. And going back to our original principles. But America is built military-based, bank-based, wealth-based, off everybody else's back, not just European America. That's right. Now, when you look at the Karen, the Karen is something that social media created because it's when white women go call the police and they know that they have the power to do so that that can change the the dynamics of a black person that they're calling the police on. Right. There is a history there. It's not just us calling you Karen because you're calling the police. The uh, Carolyn Bryant just made a statement <laughs> That's right. that she, too, was a victim in the Emmett Till case. She okay. knew her power with, with saying what she said. They know the power of calling the police. They know the power of saying that he did this to me in the elevator to get him to burn down Black Wall Street. They understand the power, not within the person, mm -hmm. the, institution. the institution. I'm Absolutely. calling the police. That's an institution. To enforce it. You're That's going right. to the court system. That's an institution. You're going to mass incarceration. It's an institution. That's right. You're in a white neighborhood. It's an institution. You have to understand that is what power is all about. If a black person call a white person a racist name, that's individual racism. They have no power to change anything whatsoever mm -hmm. about your thing. You even if, even when Barack Obama was president, that nigga ain't have no power whatsoever. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's important that you mention you mention about using the institution, especially for white women, and using the institution because historically, that's one of the American creation stories. Is the narrative about white women calling the police on a black individual that obviously caused a lot of things? I'm going to talk about one. Because this is, this is, again, this is a situation where the American creation story is being told. And it's based on the principles and mindset of white America, remembering that white supremacist uh, attitude, as, as, as Dick Gregory would call it. If you Google terrorism in Oklahoma, if not the first article, definitely it would be more prominent of any of the articles you'll come across would be the 1995 attack on the federal buildings perpetrated by Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols, mm -hmm. where 168 people were killed, 19 who were children, injured over 680, destroyed over a third of a particular federal building, a third of a building, okay? That's if you Google that today, you probably see it. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure they teach this in, in, in school. They talk about the Oklahoma City bombing in school. However, in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there was the Greenwood neighborhood that we've talked about many times on this podcast, often referred to as the Black Wall Street. 
and was home to black and native Americans who became quite wealthy um, based on oil discoveries. Um, and as we've also said on this podcast many times before, wealth does not mean equality. As much as people may think it does, it does not. Uh, in the words of uh, Jay-Z, still nigga. Yeah. Still nigga, right? Um, now, the American creation story would like for you to believe that the sexual assault allegations against a black teenager named Dick Rowley caused what would become one of America's largest acts of terrorism. As the American creation story goes, Dick Rowland accidentally tripped against, uh, tripped over and bumped into a white elevator operator, a teenager named Sarah Page, um, causing her to scream. The police were called. That institution, institution that they just talked about. Called the institution, you know, and Pulp Fiction called the motherfucking wolf. <laughs> called the wolf. They called the wolf. And um, when Rowland was captured, some black World War I veterans from Greenwood armed themselves in front of the courthouse to prevent Rowland from being lynched. Now, lynching was something that was popular in Tulsa. Tuss- Actually, a white teenager had just been lynched a year previously. Um, so lynching was something that was prominent. So it was justified for those, those veterans to do that. In front of the courthouse, a group of white men that we call anti-protesters, and it's important that I'm saying that, approached the black men from Greenwood, who were the protesters. Uh, One of the white men asked, nigga, what you going to do with that gun, with that pistol? And the reply was, I'm going to use it if I need to. The white man grabbed the gun and the gunshot rang out. And of course, all hell broke loose. Um, And as the white group increased in number, They began firing indiscriminately. That's a great word. I love that word. Indiscriminately um, on black bystanders because that was discriminately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Black people were being shot in the streets and dragged behind cars with nooses tied around their necks. Then came the planes. Now, we're talking 1921. So it's not like your neighbor had a plane. Planes (laughs) were predominantly owned by the military. Yes. An institution. Mm-hmm. Once again, and the, the plane started dropping burning turpentine balls onto the black neighborhood. Black people were fleeing from burning buildings and homes and then were gunned down in the street by the group of white anti-protesters. The Tulsa the civic, civic leaders at the end of this thing chose conservative estimates and, and conservative, another great word in this instance. <laughs> Conservative estimates, but even conservative numbers estimated the number of dead at approximately 300 blacks killed. And if I do the math, that's more than 168, right? Yeah. 168 killed in the federal uh, buildings being bombed versus 300 in this situation. Mm-hmm. You hear about the 168 in mm-hmm. school, you can Google it, it'll come up, probably one of the first feeds you get. Mm-hmm. 300 people, blacks killed. Maybe that's the problem. Out yes. of that 168, right. how many of them were, 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 were white? Right. Um, more than 35 blocks of the city, which included 1,200 homes, were destroyed. Now, if I go back, federal building, a third of a building, mm-hmm. a third of a fucking building was destroyed. <laughs> it's a third of a building, not a block, a building. Yeah. 35 blocks of the city. 
Shit, that's all of Bedford, right? Yeah. That's all the town of Bedford. 35 blocks, that's it. Done deal. Bedford wiped out. 1,200 homes are destroyed. 10,000 people were left homeless. Yeah. Yet this act of domestic terrorism is rarely mentioned or taught in schools and is rarely mentioned as the deadliest terror attack in Oklahoma, let alone in U.S. history. Yeah. How does that happen? One side narrative. In the American creation story, where the event is found, the narrative surrounds the sexual assault allegations of a black teenager against a white teenager on a fucking elevator. Yeah. Sounds familiar? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and touch it. 1955, Emmett Till. Yeah. Similar situation. Oh, we're going to take a, hold on. We got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. And we're back. And Pops, go right back in. Back to talking about how the the narrative of of calling that institution, once you get that institution involved, that institution that basically lives and breathes by the principles of white supremacy, the American creation story fails to mention that prior to the massacre in, in Tulsa, white residents were disturbed by the growing black wealth and sought to segregate the measures. In 1914, Tulsa passed a law that forbade anyone from living on the block where more than three quarters of the pre-existing residents were another race. <laughs> they don't want us to live in the neighborhood. Yeah. Blacks, being as resilient as we are, said, okay, we got no problem with that. In isolation, Greenwood, Greenwood thrived. Its main strip included attorney offices, auto shops, cafes, movie theaters, funeral homes, pool halls, beauty salons, grocery stores, etc. The resentment among whites against that community was the true catalyst to the massacre. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before. I, I just need people to understand. We're talking about the mindset. The mindset is what the principles of this country was based on. Mm -hmm. The governing bodies, the laws, the Constitution was based on these principles yeah. and mindsets of our founding fathers. Very symbolic to what we see today as non-white Americans make a push to be treated equally. White America feels threatened. Their privilege feels threatened. That supremacy is no longer fucking supreme. And they can't handle that. The core of what this country was built on is being threatened. Sounds familiar? Mm -hmm. You guys remember the, the, the march on Washington, on the Capitol, after the election, after Donald Trump lost. That's what they talked about. Your country is being threatened. Yeah. Your rights are being threatened. What they was really saying is your privilege is being threatened. And as Bake said, your institution is being threatened. What this country was built on is being threatened. We need to come together and make America great again. Mm -hmm. We mass, need to get that back. The mass replacement theory. Absolutely. The shooter talked about. That's right. You know what I mean? Um, you talked about something. My, you talked about the terrorism thing. And of course, we know that this country's principles is based off of Christianity. And most terrorist acts that happen in America are based off of Christianity. That's right. Um, and they couldn't wait to 9-11 to where they put actually it on, could put it on, on Islam. On That's Islam. Right. 
I watched a documentary on Netflix. I love a good unsolved mystery case, um, JFK and those type of things. And they just released one that I'm kind of infatuated with, which is D.B. Cooper. Mm -hmm. For the people who don't know who D.B. Cooper is back in the 70s, he get on the airplane, he hijack it, demand $200,000. He get the $200,000 parachute out the plane and never be seen vanished. Right. And I watched in this documentary four episodes at how white America they valued him. Like they treat him as a mythical legend. They love him. As everybody on that side. He hijacked the damn plane. That's right. Imagine if that was a black person. Imagine if that was an Islamic person that hijacked the plane. He would not be glorified. Nope. When you watch I hear white America talk about the mafia. I hear white America talk about um the 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 real white gangsters before black gangsters. You know, they they glorified them. They glorified the the Bugsbees of the world. They glorify right. it. You know what I mean? They glorified the Western movies where it was outlaws John and Wayne. they glorify That's it. Right. It's a, a different color. That's right. And then they're thugs, they're gangsters, they're they're the scum of the earth. And when I watch you talked about the principles. You talked about the Emmett Till. You talked about uh, Black Wall Street. I watched the media last year. Um, and, and, and I'm not for the truth for whoever's speaking. And I'm for justice no matter for whoever is for. The white woman, Gabby, as she rests in power. I watched her go missing. And within hours, I watched America investigate. I watched them investigate better than the police. That's right. They was they have the information on the boyfriend, the fiance, whatever the case may be. They they was doing interviews trying to figure out where he was at, where she states. was at. Yeah, they was they was talking about the police officer that they got called to the domestic dispute. Oh, they was all over, was over. everybody. I didn't see them keep that same energy when it came to Kendrick Johnson, who mysteriously died. <laughs> In a mat. Rolled up in a mat. Even after reports came out about there was some foul play. That's right. I didn't see white America keep the same energy when it came to Tamla Horsford, mm -mm. a black woman who went to a sleepover and somehow got drunk and fell off a, of a second story of of sec fall off the second story and died, even though there was, was the only black police misconduct talking about how they handled the case. I can go back in history. I've been waiting to talk about this on a podcast, but I'll, I'll do it. The Atlanta child murders. That's right. Wayne where Wayne. over a seven month period, there were 11 children disappeared in Atlanta. Eight were found murdered before even the FBI knew about it. That's right. And the murders, the eight murders they said was probably drug related. That's and right. from 1979 to 1981, 29 black children, and your young adults were identified as victims in the Atlanta child murders. And Wayne Williams, the person they arrested for, was convicted of killing two adults two of, in the case. Two adults, not none of the kids. None of the, the, none of the kids, just the two adults. We watched the Central Park Five. Five teenagers get accused of a crime without proper representation. That's right. Interrogated for hours. Interrogated for hours. They put out ads in the paper. Donald Trump put out ads in the paper, said bring back capital punishment for them. And they get treated and they were, are innocent of the case. That's right. 
we just had a, new, a newer case where an Ohio mother is suing the police department over her missing child because she said she went to them and told them that they were that she was missing. They didn't even notify the the adjacent police departments to let them know about the uh, the, missing the missing child. We are we are missing more than any other ethnic group, but we are not in the media as much as anybody That's when right. it comes to missing children. And that is the basis and the premises of what white America is. It's That's called right. the Amber Alert for, for a reason. How many black kids you, you know, know called Amber? Amber? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's for missing white kids. We watch the police, right? When people comment on social media and say black people must not have report but uh, must not read the report of what the officers claim, right? That the officer did this and and the black and the perpetrator did that. They must not have read that. Do white America doesn't understand that we do not take the police word for any damn no. thing Mm-mm. as you do. Mm-mm. You call them your law and order. We don't. That's part of the institution. They there was, there's the institution. a new case in Detroit where a man is going to be paid $7.5 million who was just released from prison for serving 25 years for a crime that he, he didn't, didn't do because the police changed the bullets in his case. <laughs> you think this has happened on Chicago PD? Oh, mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. They get it from somewhere. That's right. These Some of these things are true stories. We watched the DA talk to the Amar Arbery killers Minutes after the killing. That's right. And they have 16 phone calls between each other. That's right. For advice. We've watched this. And you expect black America to follow this system. We're talking about a system that derives from the history of racism. That thrives on prejudice and white supremacy. That's right. Because a lot of what we call in policing probable cause is prejudice and white supremacy. So people say, well, you got your Fourth Amendment rights of search and seizure to not be uh, biased against. Then you got to go to court. That's another institution. You expect them to believe me over the other institution? If you can get to that. Yeah. Think about the two people that were killed in their own homes by police on on no-knock warrants. Exactly. A police officer, I listened to a police officer from the LAPD said that a police officer Really, all he has to do is say that he's in fear for his life That's and he right. was scared when he pulled the trigger. That's right. And he's justified. A black citizen does not get that same type of threat, even though we're scared of the damn police. Nope. I could be in uniform and get pulled over and I'd still be scared. Mm-mm. Because there's a history there. The FBI released in 2006 something called the White Supremacist Infiltration of Law Enforcement in which they talked about how white supremacy was being recruited into law enforcement for control, manipulation, and terrorism. Absolutely. But rarely do you ever hear white supremacy talked about as terrorism. But you know what they did do? The FBI killed Marcus Garvey. That's right. Malcolm X, Dr. King, Fred Hampton, because they thought of unionizing Black people. That's right. And that's and that's something we have to take into uh effect. And and, and I want to say something else. Cause we gotta have accountability. Cause I seen something on TikTok that 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 kind of drove me crazy. The rapper Roddy Rich, I think that's his name, mm-hmm. who did a show across seas and he told the audience to sing his music. It was London. It was London. Oh, 
And it's nothing but white people in the crowd. I ain't see a black face there. And every other word in the song was nigga. Mm-hmm. And you give them the credence to use the word. But black people want to argue with people about using the word when you got somebody like Roddy Rich who gives people Permission. the opportunity That's right. to do it. Most hip-hop labels are ran by white executives. And they love hearing about us killing each other. They love hearing us, hearing us about us selling drugs to each other. Hell, they even trying to use the lyrics in court now. That's right. Continue to tell us who gave you the gun. That's right. How many guns you got? You got ARs? You got all of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's your connect? You get it from where? Speaking of that, they've been using racketeering charges for rap groups now. Yeah. They're building cases on black artists. Just to mm-hmm. piggyback real quick off of what you just said, not only are the label execs doing that, but they're also taking out insurance policies on the drill rappers. So we know what you're rapping about. We know what you do in the street. So you know if you get killed, you. we still get we still gonna get our yeah. money. It's a, for some of the people who talk about rappers always know some of these rappers are were rappers. They were talking about mm-hmm. it, but they were making money and, and making money. investments. That's right. You know what I mean? When you look at Ice Cube now, you look at Snoop Dogg now, Dr. you Dre, look at Jay-Z. Dr. Dre now, Jay Z these are millionaires, billionaires who ventured off from talking about what they experienced and what they might have did to where they at now. They're not, they're not rapping those same things. Mm-hmm. And you get somebody like Miles Bridges. I got to break this up because this is some coon shit. Yeah. Who is an NBA all-star almost about to come up on a max contract and you beat up your wife in front of, in front of the kids allegedly and then have the nerve to say, well, I'll do my rap career. In the rap music, you're talking about selling drugs, killing people. That's right. How the hell you make millions of dollars and you want to rap about shit that you ain't even doing? <laughs> and then you're going to be in the layup line talking about with a shirt on to say Black Lives Matter. Get the fuck out of <laughs> here. Right. Like, I, I, like, like as you said, I love black people, but sometimes I don't, I don't understand, understand us. Understand you know, us. if we don't value ourselves, nobody else will. Absolutely. If we're not calling our women bitches and hoes, we can't expect white America to not call us bitches, our, us, our women bitches and hoes and niggas. Right. If we're calling each other that. And you can tell it, you can say it means something different from when we do it. No, you're giving them the credence to do it. That's right. So I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is I'm not telling you to be on your best behavior for white America. I'm saying be on your best behavior for us. That's right. We have to unite. Because our women aren't bitches and hoes. They're mothers. They're sacrifices. Our men ain't fuck boys. Our men are fathers and providers. Our children aren't stupid and out of control thugs. They're miseducated on who they truly are. We have to do that for us, not for white America. They're not the fucking standard. That's right. Right. That's right. We have a standard. We had a standard. We need to get back to that. That's right. And a lot of that is why we talked about last week on listening to some of those conscious rappers that we were talking about. You have to be, it has to be more than bitches and hoes and drugs and violence. That's right. Because we, even though John Singleton, it wasn't his point to, 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 to grow gangs with boys in the hood and menace to society. He was trying to, to put on display to white America. What happened? This is what's going on. We took it and glorified it. That's right. We got to be careful with that. That's right. Speaking of music, and this, this is a great segue. Um, and this goes right into the narrative that I mentioned at the beginning. 
Francis Scott Key, who was a avowed white supremacist. And for those that want to know who that is, that's the, the person who wrote the words to the national anthem that people so dearly love and <laughs> get sure. upset when people like me don't take my hat off for it and don't stand for it. Sure. I want to talk about some more reasons why I don't and I never will. And the people that do, if you're black, you probably want to think about it. Um, there's another verse to the national anthem. I don't know if people know that. There's another verse to it. I'm going to talk about it. Third verse celebrates the murder of slaves. Yep. It says, no refuge could save the harrowing and the slave from the terror of flight of the gloom of the grave. <laughs> Some claim the key was referring to whites captured by the British who were forced to fight for them. Except there's no historical data to support that claim. Mm -hmm. And in fact, with all we know about Key, makes it highly unlikely. Key came from a rich slave-owning family in Maryland. Just weeks before he wrote the national anthem, Key saw the colonial Marines, black slaves who fought for the British in the war of 1812, who helped the British drive American soldiers back to Washington, D.C., and then set the White House on fire said blacks were a distinct and inferior race of people, which experience proves to be great, the greatest evil that afflicts the community. As a prosecutor, that's that institution Bake talked about. It is. As a prosecutor in Washington, D.C., he sought the death penalty for a man who possessed abolitionist literature, arguing to the jury, this is his words, are you willing, gentlemen, to abandon your country to permit it to be taken from you and occupied by the, the abolitionists according to whose taste it is to associate and congregate with the Negro? <laughs> this is... You want me to sing that nigga song? <laughs> you want me to stand up for this? You want me to pledge allegiance to this institution that are telling the black people that are standing up, we don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. You, you, and you're going to get mad when I don't. I, so in, in my opinion, this is the narrative that probably best sums up the principles that this country was built on. Not only do they want to impose it, they want you to accept it. They want you to accept it willingly, voluntarily. They want you to accept it and live by it. We don't care if you know the truth. That's okay. We don't care. You can know it all you want to. Just understand that this is what you... What did the the the, the governor of, of uh, South Carolina say? Um, uh, Democrats can go... Black Democrats can go anywhere they want in the state as long as they're not pumping negative rhetoric. You can go anywhere you want. Just don't talk that shit. This is the mindset. These are the principles this country was built on. And one more thing. I just want to, I, I, I got to go to the videotape on this because this is something Bake said that I, I just thought was, again, an assault on what this country believes. And uh, it's something I came across the other day African diaspora. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Oh, give me one second. I'll find it for you real quick. And I just thought um it was important to bring that up. You can go ahead, Shawan. You, you, ain't, you ain't said well, I was like, we can add the United States as an institution. It is. It definitely is. Go ahead, babe. Uh, uh, Shaquan. Um, so mine is, uh, it's funny because you referenced uh, a Jay-Z song that, that I'm a reference. Um, it's embracing the, the African and African-American. Uh, OJ, like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. A, a lot of times, like Bake spoke earlier, we we um as black people, we go towards I'm I'm black. You know, I'm not African American. I don't have no African American roots. I'm black. I ain't never been to Africa. How can I go back to somewhere I've never been? Um but for over four hundred years of oppressed, knowing the history of American of America, the truth that is, not the truth that that they want you to know, but the, the real truth, we run toward being called Americans, which we know Americans only means white because mm-hmm. you got make America great again. Okay. When was America great? When the whites ran it. Well, everybody else got a hyphen. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're African Americans, yeah. which is not a nationality, by the right. way. That's right. Uh, Asian Americans, uh, Hispanic Americans. But we don't call whites European Americans. Yeah. Right. It's, and I mean, like I said, we generally, we distance ourselves from Africa and we more prone to America. Uh, verse three of Nas, I know I can. He starts with before we came to this country. And that line refers to the forced displacement of black Africans to the United States during the Atlantic slave trade. Nas is pointing out that Africa blackness did not have the same social meaning as it later did in America. And see, a lot of times, like for people like me, who at first, before this podcast, wasn't into stuff like this, you would think that our history started on the slave ship. That's right. That's where a lot of people think our history starts at on the slave. That's not where our history starts at. Our history starts in Africa, in our roots. But when you want, white America has done a great job of making Africa look like nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, me and Bake was having this conversation when you when you see commercials of Africa, it's the little poor kids That's with right. the flies on their head flying around, hungry. um, hungry, and they just for a dollar a day you can sponsor. That's right. That's that's what you see, or you see um, Jamie Fox said it in his stand up. Africa is beautiful. Africa looks just like it do over here. It's beautiful. That's not the part that they show us. Mm-hmm. Um. Nas also said in that same verse, we were kings and queens, never porch monkeys. Black history does not begin with American slavery, but rather it stretches back to the ancient kingdoms of Africa and Noba, Mali, Kemet, and Ethiopia. Um, And then this African-American women are naturally curvy women. White said that that was ugly. Kanye said, speaking about Kim K, when they asked, why did his wife pose nude for a magazine? And I quote, he says, my wife has a beautiful, natural body, which is not natural. Uh, She should show it off. (laughs) Would he have said that? It is not. Would he have said that if he had an African-American woman? I can't answer it for you. Hell no, he wouldn't. Because we've been taught that shown... That and shown that everything that comes from Africa is ugly and poor. Right. Our big lips, 
our big noses, the texture of our skin. We said it was beautiful. They said it was ugly. Now that we are ugly, we think that those features are, are unique or ugly. And the same white people that said that those features was ugly, our, our skin texture, they go get tans. Our big noses, our mouths, all of those things. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. what they do? They go get they surgery to have it done. That's, That's right. right. Simone said, I guess everybody want to be niggas now. Right. Yeah, everybody want to be niggas now. They right. couldn't steal it like they did this country, so they erased it. That's right. Um, well, at African American. This is my last point. Right. African Americans that look down on Africa looks down on themselves. That's right. Damn right. I, I found that thing I wanted to mention real quick. So we, we live in a society that codes black people in general as criminal, but especially when we carry arms. And, and that's a that's a that's a good point. So when we talked about um, podcasts a couple of weeks ago, where some police departments are known for using black uh, images. Uh, people, actual people, not mm-hmm. just a, a a silhouette, a black silhouette, but actual people for target practice for police officers, mm-hmm. right? Teaching them. When you look at the the dummies that they actually mm-hmm. shoot, they're black, they're black, right? right. So they get uh, uh, preconditioned to to shooting black people. So with with the the heavily heavy presence on um a, a rights of people for people who want to bear firearms, right? So. Right now, there's over 30,000 members, um, uh, predominantly African-American descent, that have rights to carry firearms. 60% of those members are women. 60%. And here's why. Why the percentage of black women that have guns versus black males. Because males are 85% likely to be killed if they carry a firearm. Bigger threat. Bigger threat. And we've already seen that hold true, whether they got a gun or not. Mm-hmm. I said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that you could have a black individual, whether he has a gun or not is irrelevant, gets pulled over by a police officer and decides that today's not a good day to go to jail, flees, and the police officer decides it's not a good day for this person to live. Mm-hmm. But you can have a white individual legally own a gun, can go and create mass hysteria kill a massive number of people and get arrested. The institution does not see that individual the same way they see that black individual Mm -hmm. because the institution understands this person is of us. Mm -hmm. He's one of us. Yeah, he just did a horrible thing, we think, unless he, Dylan Roof, and just killed a bunch of black people in the church. Not so horrible because the institution just served his purpose. He worked for the institution. Mm -hmm. This country is founded by that institution. That's how the institution survives. Mm-hmm. It's the principles that this very country was founded on. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. This is proof. So for the people that don't understand why we talk about this and why we are so passionate about it is because we're not just talking about black history. We're talking about how we got to where we are right now mm-hmm. and why in 2022, we're still talking about the first black to do something mm-hmm. because the institution does not allow us to do it. It holds the power to discriminate. It holds the power to oppress. It holds the power to eliminate. That's why we're still talking about. It. I read this morning uh, where uh, one of the inst- institutions does a training 
where they line, they, they show a photo of a black guy, white guy, same height, same build. And most of the police officers say the black guy looks more threatening. Look more threatening. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. <laughs> and we are back. Uh, we're going to jump right back in and let's see. I had something. So I, I believe black people also, we, again, I believe we, we have accountability into our injustice. Um, the main reason is we are short term memory based off of trends. Uh, we allow too many people to dictate our, our motivation, so to speak. So we always talk about black media, why black media is important, why our perspective is important, why our drive is important, why it's important to see black people talk about news, current news, uh, black history, daily news, those type of things. Because I believe there's two forms of control that happens in the media, which is, again, an institution. Um, when you talk about the the first media in in America, which we talk about as newspapers and and then radio and then television, has 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 predominantly been um, used for um, white supremacy. When you talk about the newspaper and capturing slaves and selling slaves and those type of things, um, open market ads for for white supremacy. And it's always been their narrative until people like Frederick Douglass, Ida B. Wells, and those type of people are who who write um, and started their own newspapers. Um, but white America knows us. Nobody knows us more than white America, and nobody knows white America more than black people. We right. we, we it's a it is a love hate relationship. Um, but white America knows that with our injustice cases that we're going to march, we're going to protest, we're going to hashtag. And then once those emotions die down, we're going to forget. You know, I firmly believe that if you don't have people seated at the table, you will never see real change. That's right. If you don't have black officers, you don't have black police commissioners, you don't have black officers that do the training of defensive tactics and and uh, uh, weapons and those type of things. You will never stop unarmed black people from being killed. That's right. If you don't have black politicians that are loyal to the community more than they are to the political party, you'll never get the the bills that you want and the laws that you want changed. Um, we can march, we can protest all we want. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that the march and the protest is not going to change the system because the system is doing exactly what it's supposed to do, That's right. Right. which is catch you, lynch you, enslaves you, and, act, and then act surprised when they stick to the code. That's right. Right. We have to be able to do a better job of controlling our own narrative because you have two sides of the media. You have the white media mm-hmm. um, who, again, who are who are open about their white supremacy. That's right. True, 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 true to the true institution. To and I respect the yep. shit because at least you are honest about it. That's right. You don't fuck with me, I don't fuck with you. That's okay, right. cool. True to it. Uh, and they talk about the combative racism. They're, they're not for CRT. They're not for, um, they're for voter suppression. They're for all of these mm-hmm. things. We, we understand it. But then you also, again, as Malcolm X talk about, you have the, you have the fox and the wolf. 
And a lot of these mass medias that would be the first person to say, unarmed black person killed, go crazy. And we do it. Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. knowing the facts, without knowing crazy. anything, we, we, Jump we do it. And we don't understand that white America wants us to do that. Not because they care about the unarmed black person. Politics. Mass media. If WSCT, I'm using this mixed example, put up that post and they get a thousand comments of racist people going at it in the comments, that drives the algorithm to get more people to pay attention to WSCT. And they can then take that money and campaign it however they wanted to to the political party. They ain't going to return do nothing about the about the unjust person, black, the black person killed. Ain't no policies going to be changed mm-hmm. in that part. So what we're doing is we're funneling even between both things. That's why I hate the political party system. Ain't neither one of them doing shit for us. That's right. You know what I mean? So we have to control our own narrative because they control the narrative when it comes to Black History Month. That's why you have Dr. King Day. That's why you have That's right. all of the quotes from Dr. King and Rosa Parks <coughs> and all of the people, Frederick Douglass, the people that you've heard about. You know? They give us statues. They just built a new statue for um for Miss Mary Butane. Mm-hmm. They just gave her a statue. Give other people bills, protection. Give us statues. Statues and holidays. The only reason we got the convictions of Ahmaud Arbery and and for Ahmaud Arbery and for the Derek Chauvin case, cell phones. That's right. Without the video, we recorded video, video and audio. We heard him call him a nigga when they was trying to when they That's killed right. him. We heard the audio of him screaming and saying that he couldn't breathe. And you know what some states are saying? No. Pass a bill where you can't video can't video state police eight officers. Yeah. You know what that means. You know why? And it's gonna pass. You know why? We ain't got no seat at the table. We ain't got no seat at the table. You have no say so. So we have to do more than just protest and go in outrage based off the media. We have to be able to arm ourselves with knowledge, put ourselves in position to be able to create change. That's right. Otherwise, we're at the mercy of the institution. institution. Again, you know what I mean? And again, that's why I say we we always say, you know, education is the equalizer. And again, we're not talking about K through 12. We're talking about educating yourself on the policies, the principles, educating yourself on your history so you can tell your kids you know, 30 days is not enough. That's right. Two hour movie is not enough. Because I get you honest, Viola Davis love her. She's just coming out with a movie about the Dahomey, the Amazon, the, the true Dahomey That's warriors right. of the Amazon. It's going to be half true. You know mm-hmm. why? Because the Dahomey warriors, that tribe was one of the main culprits in capturing Africans and bring them into That's slavery. Right. That's right. Why? Because of weapons. Yep. The things we talk about now in guns. So what that movie is going to do is going to have people outraged to say they try to get us into slavery, but we had these strong Dahomey women. But we don't know the we don't know our real history. That's we don't right. know the honest truth. We getting vomit, and you don't understand what vomit is. Is when information is too rich, you throw it back up, and now you got the vomit. That's, That's right. Some That's of the right. information that we that we give white America is too rich. And they give us the vomit. That's why they don't talk about Dr. King, 1965, 1968. That's it's right. too rich. Too rich. We'll give you the vomit. They don't talk about what the Montgomery bus boycott did. That's too rich. That messes with the institution. So we got to do a better job of educating ourselves, 
we got to do a better job of of who we are and stand our ground because when white america says leave our country the fuck are you talking about it's our country <laughs> you know we 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 deserve everything that white america has as well that's right and we we have to we have to lay claim we have to we have to have the confidence you know we don't we have the self esteem low to where we'll kill each other over a pair of shoes we're never going to unite that way rappers have beef over who's the better rapper yeah they're results to killing each other and, and unfortunately part of that is that hot water that dick gregory talked yeah. about that's the environment that's been created by the different institutions in support of that white supremacy principles that created this country and we're falling victim to that hot water that's been created by that, that we turn on each other. It's we've been, we've been systematically programmed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? No, <laughs> I'll let you close. Hey, no, you just, uh, that, that was, uh, that was, that was close. close. All right. <laughs> that was the close. We love right y'all. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>